G'day guys, welcome to Talking League, we're a weekly NRL fantasy podcast. I'm your host TK, and I'm here with Andy. How you going guys, excited for this one? I know, and also Corby. TK, Andy, good to be here. Boys, we've got a very excited Andrew Burden, because we've got... Boys, I don't even go for power, but I sat on the Brett Kenny Hill a lot as a youngster, and I actually love that song. As soon as that comes on, I know it's game time. Andy, just explain to the audience how excited you are right now. Oh, my heart's racing, I'll tell you for one. <laughs> I love singing that uh, last year all the time when we used to go to the, the games, and everyone's leaving early. I'm just giving them a para. <laughs> Everyone hates me, by the way. <laughs> Corby, do you like that? Yeah, I didn't mind that. It's uh, <laughs> something easy you can get into. <laughs> All right, guys, today on today's show, we'll be catching up with Parramatta assistant coach David Kidwell. But before we do that, please head over to social media for daily player and team analysis, Facebook and Instagram, find us at Talking League Pod and Twitter at Talking League One. If you can share the show with your family and friends and also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or the Facebook page, we'll really appreciate that. Just to let everyone know, the Talking League fantasy and tipping comps are now open. There will be a $500 cash prize for first place. And it is free to enter. So head over there to TalkingLeaguePod.com for more details or you also find all the info in the episode notes in your podcast app. All right, let's head over to David Kidwell. All right, guys, joining me on the line is Paramount Eels assistant coach David Kidwell. David, welcome to the podcast, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tristan. Um, looking forward to it. Yeah, pleasure, mate. So, mate, last two years at Para, it's been really, really great to, to watch you boys both progress, and obviously you've been one of the entertainers of the comp, obviously fifth in 2019, third in 2020, and made it the second week of the playoffs in both seasons. But realistically, I think you guys are at a stage where you need, really need to take that next step into a, either a prelim or a grand final. But just reviewing those two years and where you guys are at and what takes what's in that, that progression, what helps you get to that next step, what have you guys kind of brought out that you take from last year and want to kind of, you know, improve and that will take you to the next step? Yeah, look, um, you know, obviously we, you know, we did have a great a great uh, season last year and, and, you know, barring out of the, in the finals straight set, obviously it was uh, disappointed, you know, not only with, the, with the, the players, but obviously with the club. But we've got to take a lot of lessons and a lot of learnings out of, you know, how what, what we need to do to take that next step like you alluded to. Yep. And it's about, you know, Brad's been about executing under pressure, you know, um, when teams have um, really put the torch to us, you know, you know, what's our fallback, how do we handle those those moments in games where, you know, the game possibly could, you know, you need to change momentum or, you know, you need to come up with a solid play to get, execute our play, get a good kick away, you know. So mm. the whole pre-season's really been sort of based around you know, us being able to, you know, put ourselves in, in different kind of scenarios and, and and make sure that we, you know, it gives us the best way to execute those those moments in, in, in big games. Yeah, it, injuries obviously was a huge thing from last season. Semi-final series, Sevo did his MCL. Dylan Brown and Mosey 
Stephen, uh, Mitchell Moses both carrying injuries throughout the year. How are all the boys? Are they all back to 100%? Yeah, they are, mate. And, you know, you look at that semi-final, you know, we lost, we lost, you know, sort of both wingers, you know, obviously uh, centre. So, you know, those those players are pretty hard to replace. But we've added a lot of depth to our team. We've got, you know, uh, Tom Opechek mm. out from North Queensland. We've got um, quite a young, few young guys who come through the Parramatta Junior system. Will Pinasini, you know, um, guys like that have, have come through the system um, who are... Could you know fill that void and, and, and add a lot of a bit more depth into our into our roster? Um, hey, Dunster got an opportunity. You know, first game. You know, obviously with the year with no no games in reserve grade, that was the first game of the year in a, in a bit, uh, semi-final game South. Um, so just the hunger that he's come back with. Um, you know, he's got a taste of it now, so he's really you know pushing. You know, um, Ferguson and. And Sivo for those winger spots, and that's what you want. You want to create com- competition. Yep. You want people really pushing for spots, and that that just makes everyone better. Yeah, is Hayes Dave? Is Hayes more of a winger than a centre? Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. What we've seen, he's more of a winger than a centre. Um, you know, he's got a good carry out the backfield. Uh, you know, he's he's really working hard on his game. Um, you know, he's really hungry for that for that for that spot. Yeah, you mentioned Will uh, Penasini. He's been mentioned by a few of the players in in a few interviews that I also saw. He's only. Can you just tell us a little bit more about kind of his background and maybe a little bit more about kind of his preparation? Like, will he be ready if needed for an NRL game this year? Yeah, look, he's obviously a Parramatta junior. Um, you know, he's come through the grades, come through the uh, Parramatta system, and um, look, he, he, you know, without putting a lot of pressure on the young guy, you know, what we've seen at training and what he can do, you know, he's a great kid, comes from a good family, um, you know, got some really good skill set, um, strong carry, so, you know, he can, he works hard and, and that's what you want, you know, you want those those young guys with a bit of hunger, really uh, want to be coachable and willing to learn, so, um, you know, with what we've seen at training and our post sessions, yeah, he, he, he's quite a, um, a prospect that so hopefully, you know, we can um, he'll play some first grade next uh, this season. Yeah, Dave, recruitment was great, and you must be loving it, mate. Isaiah Papali and Nathaniel Roach to get that that Kiwi count up at training, mate. Yeah, look, um, we sort of found out through um, Isaiah's manager that you know he was he was um, on the radar, and um, I I sort of watched Isaiah. He, he, come through, obviously, the Warriors system. You know, he's played uh, 60 first-grade games. Um, he was looking for an opportunity um, to, to come over and prove himself. And, you know, what we've seen um, with him at training, you know, very very good good player, nice and tidy, very coachable. Um, got a very good quick play the ball. And I think all the coaches have been really impressed by just the way he's sort of you know, very humble and, and very coachable. Mm. Um, I think he's very likable with the, with the squad and he'll definitely add an element um, to our team this year, for sure. Yeah, is he, um, is he looking more at a kind of a middle or a, an edge position there, David? Yeah, look, he, he'll, he'll play more middle. I think I think he's middle. He feels more comfortable in the middle. Yep. Um, he's got a great work ethic. Um, he's picked up our system, our defensive system really well, very quickly. And then um, his attacking um, 
with the ball. He's picked up that our system and, and what we want to do with the ball and our shapes and that very well too. Mm. So he'll definitely add add um, the value to our team, whether it's um, coming off the bench or you know pushing to that starting spot. Yeah, you, you picked um, up a young, couple. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yep, yeah, and young Nathaniel Roach, you know, obviously had a horrid time with injuries, mm. and, um, but you know what tape and what we've seen of him is very explosive and fast at a dummy half. It just adds that different dimension to to our team that we didn't really have sort of last year. Um, and you know, if he stays fit, healthy, which he which he is, looking after his body, um, the medical team are really looking after him. Um, hopefully, yeah, he he can he can um, add more value to our team and and our forwards getting those quick play the balls. Yeah, you've done a really good job recruitment wise because you've got Joey Lussick as well. Because last year, as you know, with Reed Marnie, after he got injured in round two, lucky for the COVID break because his backup was was a back row really. So to have that much quality into the lineup, like Joey, it's for a young guy. He's been in a Super League Grand Final, Challenge Cup Grand Final. You've got a bit a little bit of a blessing in disguise there in that position. Yeah, definitely, and you know that's the sort of what we've sort of learned from last year too, as well. You know, depth in those in those sort of key positions, and um, you know, while we've got another two hookers there, um, and this preseason has definitely um, players been able to train in their positions. Where mm. sort of last year we had sort of you know back rowers and, and a hooker, um, we had a back row at, at half, you know, just in our post session, so. Players have been able to, you know, play in their in their positions that they've really been picked in the squad for, yep. which has really helped the trainings and and made our um, trainings go to another level. Yeah, Dave, with the quality of the backup hookers with Lussick and Roach, is that something that you guys might carry a hooker on the bench, or is Reed going to go the eighty? Well, look, you know, we have to look at the, the makeup of our team and who's obviously you're playing well, but that that, that ultimate. Will be up to Brad, yep. you know, and he'll have some discussion with us, us coaches. But ultimately, you know, that's Brad's decision, and, and we see how we go. I mean, you know, these days, you know, the, the big 130 kg Nelson <laughs> Mona running out Reed Marnie, you know, takes its toll, and um, and you know, it's a it's a specialist position as well. So obviously, we had, you know, we didn't really have any um, sort of backup in that position last year and we had sort of where to try and uh, train up uh, Stoney, Ray Stone right? yeah. Sort of, yeah Ray Stone is back up hooker and that position is very a specialist position so um, but this year we've been very lucky we've got Nathaniel Roach here we've got Joey Lussick which mm. um, makes our makes our team and our team positions a lot better yeah lot Dave another couple of key signings got two from the Titans the two edge players in Keegan Hipgrave and also Bryce Cartwright both come yep. with, you know, obviously Bryce comes with, you know, plenty of baggage, but huge wraps, especially from his 2016-17 form. How's he kind of gone in the off-season? Yeah, look, those two guys have been very impressive, actually. They've come back with a real attitude that they want to work hard. Um, actually, Bryce, you know, both of them and, and Keegan uh, have really surprised us on how, how fit they are. Mm. They've come back in really good shape. Um, for guys, you know, they come back in really good shape and they look really hungry, they're eager to learn, um, they're really pushing themselves um, and good people too. So that makes a really good, um, they fit in really well with our with our um, culture here at, at Parramatta and 
they'll, they'll be definitely playing a, a lot more first grade this year, that's for sure. Nice. I see Joey Johns is back at training too, mate, working in working with the halves. Yeah, the eighth is back, mate. He's at back on the holiday. So, nice. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, look, he's, he's done some really good stuff with the halves, you know, obviously Mitchell Moses, um, young Dylan Brown, um, and he also does stuff with the, with, with the hookers as well, with his spine. So just just, just brought in his um, little combinations that, you know, um, he sees that the halves need to, need to do and when to take on the line. So, um, yeah, he's pretty valuable as well. Yeah, with, with Dylan, at times last year, he looked like a 200-game veteran. Like his progress from year one to two was it was pretty amazing. What's kind of the next step for Dill? I think Dill um, at times you know can sort of go into a shell at times in games where we want him to really step up. At times, I mean, like he you know he's, he's a solid defender. Um, you know he takes the line on. Um, I think the next step is for him to to make sure that you know when the opportunities are there and. and and our attacking system that he steps up and takes it, um, and he really, really grabs it by the horns this year. And what we've seen, you know, with Dylan, he's very fit. He's come back. Yep. Um, he had those couple of back issues there a couple of years, years ago, so he's come back really fit. Um, he's looked like he's on top of his rehab, um, and you know, we need we need him and, and Mitchell Moses for that yeah, the backup in the halves, obviously you got Jordan Rankin and Will Smith who can both play fullback as well, but Jermaine Salmon and Jai Field both left. Now, you didn't replace them with anyone externally. Is there people coming through the system that we haven't heard of yet? Yeah, yeah. So we've got um, so the, a lot of young guys coming through. You know, we've kept Will Smith there. Um, you know, he could play that sort of uh, 14 role, which, is, you know, he could be his backup half. Uh, playing that nine position, or you know, he can play at fullback. Mm. So we've we've got um, Jake Arthur, young young up and coming, coming through, young half coming through as well. So yep. we've got a you know, got some young guys and some older guys coming through that we can, that can fill those positions as well. Nice. Now Nathan Brown coming back from his his first spell in Origin, is he just bouncing off the wall ready to go? Yeah, Nathan's come back in really good shape. He's, um, Obviously, that origin experience has um, um, really sort of made him real buoyant and come back bouncing. He, um, uh, he's, he's really uh, one of our leaders, you know, at Parramatta. And, you know, what we've seen, he's come back in really good shape. Nice. And Junior Paul, Junior Paul is currently, he's in boxing stuff, right? Is he attending training? He is. Yes, he come back um, sort of, I think Junior's been back a week and a half now. Yep. Um, and he's, mate, he's come back. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he, he's doing it really, really hard. Like he's doing our training for the fitness, and, and um, he goes and, and does boxing sessions when he's for his fight. So, um, yeah, he, he's pumped. You know, obviously the way we sort of um, bowed out straight sets. You know, last year in the finals it really, um, you know, made us more hungry. I think and, and learn from those lessons. And you know, we want to go that. Extra, extra step this year. Definitely. Now, final question, just about the young guns just in the front row. A couple of guys with good raps on them, David Hollis and, and Sam Hughes. Can you tell us a little bit about them and kind of how they've progressed over the off-season? Yeah, look, young front rowers, um, you know, still still learning their trade, you know. So, you know, I, I think front rowers, like, you know, at 23, 24, really hit their straps. You know, it's a rarity that, you know, young front rowers sort of at 19, 20 can 
can really hold their own there. So very good kids, um, really eager to learn, um, really big kids that are very strong. So um, these guys, you know, they're only sort of sort of at their learning stage. Um, they're in their second sort of preseason this year. Um, yeah. Last year they sort of on a on a trade on, on a sort of introduction uh, preseason. So they found that really tough. Um, this year they've come back in a, in a lot better shape. They sort of know what to expect, mm. um, and and you know they've 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 learned and they've progressed. So that, and that's what you want from your young guys. Yeah. Do they need just a little bit of kind of nurturing in that New South Wales Cup before they're ready for for a full stint of first grade? Yeah, definitely. You know, obviously when you play first grade, it's the pace of the game. It's you know, there's nowhere to hide in, in first grade. You know, everyone finds you out. So yeah. you know, just introducing them. You know, you're playing against men. You know, you're stepping up from that that twenties into, into men. So um, that's what that's what I'm sort of saying about front rows. You know, they don't really peak until you know 23, 24 when they've you know got those decent years under them. Um, when you have those sort of freaky um, front rows, you know, like half, you know, so mm. um, those are the ones that are. But you know, they're not at that stage yet. They're still, you know, a couple of years. Um, still want to see them in, in the New South Wales Cup. You know, no hurry. They're still young, um, and then possibly come through the next year or two. Awesome. Well, David, I really appreciate all the insights into the preseason training, mate, and all the best of luck for the season 2021, mate. Looking forward to watching you guys. No. Yeah, thanks, Tristan. And you know, like you said, hopefully we go that extra step and um, really push for that, um, you know, grand final spot, and hopefully win it this year. Awesome, mate. Well, all the best, mate, and have a great weekend too, Dave. Cool. Thanks, Tristan. Appreciate Thanks it, mate. Our boys, a very expensive team in front of us because of you know their success last year. But let's start with the big three. We've got Ryan Madison, we've got Mitchell Moses, and also Dill Brown. So start with Maddo. He's priced at 807K, has a break-even of 60. Corby, any interest, my man? Yeah, I've got a fair bit of interest, but then I'm also just also concerned about their head knocks. So you take out that injury game... And he jumps up to that 63 average, so just a slight increase. Mm. But I also noticed all of his games, and again, taking out that injured game, all of his games were above 50. Yeah. So I'm looking at Maddo as even that captain material, if you get him in. Like him and Crichton are by far the two highest in that second row edge. Yeah, totally agree. Andy? Yeah, I'm the same. Um, for 807K, it's, it's ridiculous how... Uh, how good he was scoring last year. So it's same as Josh with the, the I think sixty four points fantasy wise. Mm. So that's that puts him in the sixth position. So yeah. he's the sixth highest uh, average last year. So like when you when you think about that for draft, no one, no one if they don't look at that sort of stat, mm. he'll go later. So you can pick him up a little bit earlier. That's even better. Yeah, so. I agree. Even in classic, but ownership of only four percent, which is quite low for a player of his ability. So if you're looking for that kind of a little bit of difference to everyone else, who are probably going to go for a Tamulolo as a first middle, and I know Tino's coming like at thirty percent or something at the moment. So mm. Matto, if you want to spend a little bit of coin and have a really good premium guy, Consistent. I think he's the first guy. So I think we got a bit of a tick there, boys. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Mitch Moses. Now, he's been compared to kind of the next level down from Cleary. But how are you liking your, your main playmaker there, Andy? Um, look, after his calf injury last year, he sort of stepped off a bit. So mm. he has to improve a lot this year. Uh, Parramatta went well, but final time, they're just sort of a bit lacklustre. So I think he has to improve. He did have a, th- a game of 13 as well, which take that off. He puts his bumped his average up uh, to 59. Yeah. So... 
766, when you've got Cleary, it goes DC after him and Mitch Moses third. I think he's good for a bit of a, a pod. Yeah, so, okay. Uh, look, it depends on who you're versing or what, what can you fill your other team with. Cleary's way too high, so I might pick a Moses just to sort of have that player difference and use a cash elsewhere. Mm. Corby, can you see Mitchell hitting, you know, average of 60 at all this year, mate? Oh, I think he, with Joey being there in person, mm. I've got a, a feeling that, because his kick meters, he's getting 22 points a game. He dominates the kick meters. He's kicking goals. So there's your around your 30 points straight up. Yeah. If he can just learn to run that ball a bit more, when he does, he has some huge games. But if he consistently runs that ball and gets a bit more attacking stats, yep. but like all those trials, like the Ferguson, I've already whinged about this one. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for him to bring it up. You'll have your game made at Fergo later. And, <laughs> and uh, if they go down that right edge a little bit more and Moses seems to um, yeah be on the attack a bit more, I can see him go. There's more room for improvement in Moses than Dylan Brown, I think. Yeah, again, 4% ownership, has a break-even of 57. So... Yeah, at seven hundred and sixty-six k, he might not. He might be that premium guy that you do pick up because no one's picking him up at the moment. Mentioned that, that name, Dill Brown, pressed everyone last year when Mitchell Moses was out. He really stepped up. Has only ownership again. Parramatta players are just not loved this year. One percent ownership has a break even of fifty-five, which is a little bit high for me. That's probably a little bit too high for him. If he had a break even of fifty, I would have probably picked him up. Is that too high for you, Andy? Yeah, too high for me. Like he, like you said, he did excel, and he had 84, 63, and seventy eight when Moses mm. was out. Um, that was mainly because he adopted the kicking duties. But um, look, if Moses doesn't get injured and he has a decent season, because he has to step up and he will, I just don't see Brown performing that to that level of fifty five uh, fanny points this year. Okay, let's move on, boys. We're agreeing too much right now, so. That's, oh, don't worry. There's, there's going to be some. I know. I already know. Already, <laughs> all right, boys. Let's move on to Reed Marnie because we both we all know that an 80 minute hooker is one of the biggest biggest points that you need in your NRL fantasy team. Now, he averaged 49 in 2019, 50 in 2020. Again, ownership of only two percent. He has a break even of 51. Andy, I'm going to start with you. There's a little bit of a gap between that 60 plus hooker that puts you elite level. And then you've got the next best, like the Reeds, and a little bit below that, Blake Braley and things like that. Can Reed become an elite hooker? Unfortunately, I don't think so. Hmm. I, I think the problem is we've signed Nathaniel Roach and, and Joey Lussick. Yeah. I think the fact that we have them to nip it on the heels, Reed might perform a little better, but even in 2020, towards the end, he, la- he laid off a bit. He tried a couple of silly kicks. He must messed up and... Could have been due to fatigue playing 80 minutes too long. So yeah. I don't I just don't see him playing 80. Corby, you don't like those those little things that he does, like those little errors. You always point those out to me. Are you seeing the same as Andy? Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see how he does handle two good hookers fighting at the heels because he didn't really have that last year. It was Ray Stone mm. came in and, and um took the hooker role when he was out or come on and took his minutes. I think he might lose minutes. I think there's definitely, like, Roach and Lussick. What, what's Lussick's history, TK? You were, yeah, so he's he pl- got a good he's, little He's got uh, a good CV. little history because he played at Salford for the last couple of years. So in the last two years, he's played in the Super League Grand Final and he's also played in the Challenge Cup Grand Final. So those are two biggest games that you can play. So bad. for a young bloke coming back, I think he's 22 years old. He's, his older brother's Darcy Lussick. So much different builds, but he's got plenty of credentials. It's one of those things that if Reed gets injured at any point of the thing, that's why you should definitely put on your watch list Joey Lussick because he's in the top 30 at the moment. The only problem with Nathaniel Roach, 
very, very good player, but he's got he's got the development contract, so he can't play till round sixteen unless they ask for an exemption. So that's the thing. Right. But two good watch list ones, just in case, because Reed remember got injured in that game against Gold Coast, and if COVID didn't happen, he was going to be sitting on the sideline for that whole period of time. So. Just a little one to watch out. All right, let's move on. And I know this one might take the entire podcast because we've got very differing views on this man. Now, Clint Gutherson. Before we get Andy in, I actually want to get maybe – I want to get Corby's opinion first on Mr. Clint. Now, Clint has a 635K asking price. Again, ownership not love, 2.4%. Has a break-even of 47. What's your initial thoughts on King Gutho? He did have a big jump, didn't he? So busy. Just, it's like he just, he's, everyone else was drinking water and he was getting Red Bulls. He was just bouncing <laughs> off the field. <laughs> he his, support, his support play is through the roof. It's so good. He just always seems to be there. How long did he's it take like, you to put that together? <laughs> I seen him in the corner yesterday, <laughs> writing some notes down. <laughs> uh, I'm saying yes to that one, one year wonder. Okay. I don't think he will be able to back it up. He might be able to maintain low 40s, but I, I don't think he's going to hit the 50 and go extra. You look at the Teddy, the RTS, the big dogs, yeah. and Ponga, they get those big line breaks. And he's he's more that support play. He doesn't really uh, punch the line with his frame. He's just, yeah, all effort. All right. The opposition rests. <laughs> the state, you tell me your, your – go. Look, if it pleases the court. Um, uh, he did have a, a great couple of games when Moses was injured. So yep. he took the kicking duties of that. And I think he got, he did join the 100 club last year. So you can't disprove a player who joins the 100 club. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I've been reading this thing called the Cumberland Throw. Now you read over all the paratrain. Yeah, yeah, I've seen oh, that. Yeah. Oh, it's like. I get excited when I read So are that. you in love with him because of his top knot? Is that what's happened? <laughs> the top knot. I did have one. Because you had one. <laughs> I just love him because of his ability. You know what? Top knots. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, Josh, can you try a top knot next, next year? Uh, hair's, hair's overrated. Hair's overrated. <laughs> no, I, think, uh, I don't think he's going to be a, a classic player for me, yeah. unfortunately. So even the last three games he played, he averaged 47. But I think he's a draft player for me. Uh, I think he'll maintain that 47 this year. Uh, it's going to be very hard for him to go better than that. And he's killing me. He rang me a couple of hours ago, and I told him I was going to absolutely tear him to shreds on Gutho. So he's changed his tune. He's changed his tune. I'm going to give it to you anyway. I still love him as a bloke. Yeah, I like <laughs> Gutho again for draft, but for classic, probably when you look at his price, 635, break even at 47, comparable to RTS, as Josh yeah, mentioned. But the, the thing is, RTS has got – he's got – uh, you know, background. He's done it year after year after year. Gutho, and it's his last year. He's averaged 33 for 19 and 18. So it was maybe, you know, a little bit of success. He scored a lot of tries last year too. When you have a look at spending probably 130 grand less, you can get a Turbo who break even with 36 and Val and Luttrell who have a break even of 37. So I just think you can park your money in, in better areas. I think we're in grants there for some Silly reason because hey, Andy. Can we have something us. like if he averages above fifty next year? Can we yeah. have some sort of bet, maybe? Well, we'll, we'll keep the listeners keep keep following us. We'll, we'll get a bet. Yeah, well, we need something thrown out by the listeners. What that's <laughs> going to be? That's true. Ring the hotline. That's not bad. Actually, ring the hotline. Hit the hit the hotline. All right, guys, let's move on to the big middles because they've got some big middles now. They've got RCG Ryan Campbell Gillard, Nathan Brown, and also Junior Paulo. 
Come pricey again because of the success from last year. RCG, 638 grand, break even of 48. Brown, coming back from his origin spell, 734K, break even of 55. And Junior Paulo, he's about to box in a couple of weeks, but 666K with only a break even of 50. Now, I want to kick things off first with Junior Paulo. For myself, I'm actually considering him for, for Classic because I think that break even of 50, he did average 54 points playing last year. He was super impressive, probably the best middle all year, in my opinion. But PPM of 0.92. Again, ownership, when you look at it, 2% ownership. Mm. Everyone keeps flogging to Tambulolo. I think this guy could be... No one likes Parramatta. No. <laughs> when you have a look at the 50-plus scoring games, he's did half of it, 11 and 22 games. And again, that oh, that ownership. Corby, let's start with you. You you love Junior Paulo. You you back on the wagon? Yeah, I had him last year, and he offloads galore, which is a, a massive win. I'm a bit dubious just in this front row forward rotation with Para. Mm. Uh, they seem to be very light with their specialised front row. So they've got RCG and Paulo, and then Brown at lock. I'm trying to work out Brad Arthur's <laughs> movements here. I've got a theory. I have a feeling Papali will start on the bench and yep. come on and take Brown lock position and yep. Brown into the front row because he's got that massive motor. He's read me and notes. Think, he's read me notes. I think <laughs> you should see Eddie's notes best, here. He's blowing the up. best value is Brown. Yeah. yeah, That's who I'm targeting out of those three because I think he's going to get 80 and he had a 55 average at 64 minutes. He'll be looking at that 60 plus. Okay. Andy, what was your theory? Because I saw oh, your was, eyes pop up. It was the same theory. I think uh, Papali'i will come on. Oh, well, I'm thinking Brad Arthur will get him on to replace Brown at mm. that lock position and give Brown a more attacking role, which he's, he's too dangerous to have off the field. You can just see the whole yeah. team lift when he's on. So I think taking him off is – I don't think it's a smart move. But with Junior Paulo, I love him. Yeah. I think with his uh, reduced weight, I think he's mm. dropped a bit of weight for boxing. With his quick style, play the ball. I think he's a rip and tear. Plenty of coaches have talked about playing a little bit more small ball, but so I'm I'm on that kind of Papa Lily and Brown and just a rotation. But the guy that I'm probably off is Ryan Campbell Gillard because yeah. I think during that mid year, I think it was around seven to thirteen, they had injuries and he was playing 70, 80 minutes in some of these games. So he inflated kind of his average. Mm. So generally, when everyone's full strength, he won't be playing those minutes. When you think a break even of forty eight and. 638 grand. That's way too expensive for me. And it was good that David Kidwell also mentioned the two young guns probably aren't ready. So you're probably looking at that rotation that we've we've kind of mentioned so far, boys. Well, his last five-game average was 39 fancy points. Mm. So, yeah, he may have scored real well, like you said, inflated his price, but for 47 average for 638K, no chance. All right. So Nathan Brown and Junior Paul, I put that in your team. All right, I can't wait for this because Bold Man's about to just explode on He's him. got his gun loaded. I can see him. <laughs> and I'm going to start with him. Blake Ferguson, 393K, break even at 29. He just only has to take the field to get a 29, doesn't he? Corby, yeah. I know you hate him. Go for it. Well, I've, I have discussed him in previous pods, but, yeah, he just burnt me. And it's just too close to home <laughs> for poor old Fergo and me. <laughs> but then in... In looking at uh, Moses before, if they do see a little bit more ball down that right side, but then then there's that other part of me saying Wonga and Maddo just hate passing the ball also. So, yeah, I'm not going near him. I'm just going to stay away. But I could see people going to go for the purchase just because they could get a good little price rise. Yeah, maybe. Andy, you're going to avoid Ferguson? I think I will avoid him. The only 
thing that may be the fire in his belly is he's off his contract this year mm. and we finally have some a young gun depth player in Hayes. So yeah, yeah. if Hayes can produce some great training and maybe force his way in or even just make like nervous, he might start running the ball more. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, with Wunga Blake and ability to pass, like Corby said, I just don't see him scoring many tries. Yeah, true. Now, Sevo, he went into last year as the number one winger in the world, but really disappointed for me. Not really scoring the same sort of tries, not really the same work rate. He did get injured a couple of times as well. That's not bad in fantasy sense because you've got a good player who now is at 409K, a break-even of 31. He scored an average of 38 in 2019, an ownership again of 2%. So again, a few things starting to stack back in his favor, especially if he can stay healthy, get his mojo back. Andy, you'll start kick with you. Are you going to pick him up? Um, depending on Tim is Tuesday, so – I don't know too much about Tom Opacic. Like, I think he's a bit of a defensive player. Mm. Uh, can he offload or draw a defensive player as good as Jennings can? Don't know. But will it even matter? Because Sebo can pump bus. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't need anyone. He can ball, just do it right? himself. So mm. it depends if he looks back at his season and goes, I need to improve. So uh, I think I will take a chance on Sebo. Yeah. Uh, not Fergo. But yeah, Sebo is a big in for me, I think. He's probably in my next sort of level because the back three I kind of want to go through at the moment would probably be kind of a Val, would be a Tommy Turbo, and then probably either a RTS or a Puppy. But I mean, I mean, just in case someone like a Turbo does get injured, in that terms of the, that price down level, you'll be able to pick up a Sevo. Josh, what's your thoughts on uh, make a Sevo? He's very hit and miss, isn't he? <laughs> Last year was the epitome of that. Yeah. He, he did have Jennings inside him, who is a known ball hog as well. <laughs> so if this Opacic can give the ball out, he yeah he potentially could get back to a bit of that 2019 form where he was hitting just below the 40. But, yeah, no, I'm not going near, near him. Last year, he was way too inconsistent. Okay. So two notes for your watch list for us to know for Joshy. Don't forget the uh – Thousand cutout passes he's going to get from the king, anyway. So yeah, true, <laughs> true. Boys, let's hit it up and try and find a little bit of value. Now, you mentioned the name top Tom Opacic. Now, again, he didn't play that much footy. Five games last year. Comes in at three hundred thirty-three thousand dollars. Break even small, twenty-five. So ownership again, unloved one percent. Corby, have you done any homework on this guy? Yeah, he. I did have a little look at him. You could maybe get a 70K price rise if he can um, hit a little bit of his form when he was playing at centre mm. in that centre position. And by all reports, it looks like he may um, be the one to take that position out there on the left. Yep. Um, but I feel like there's more value in others, in other teams. So when we go through the centre position pod, um, we'll go into that a little bit more depth. But I'm not looking at him too closely. Yeah, I agree. Andy? Uh, for 3-3-3, three, 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 if he starts, he's on the outside of Dylan Brown and Guthrie loves that left. So he, he will have the opportunity to get a bit of ball and use it. So mm. uh, I would take a chance on him because he's so low. 3-3-3, three, 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 I'll put a chance on Because centers aren't that aren't that good to come by. So Hey, Colby, how bad's Andy's back going to be again this year? He's just taking <laughs> yeah. a chance on this bloke. <laughs> New South Wales Cup's back. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got Guthrie. No one wants Guthrie either. All right, let's end things. Oh, I have him. Oh, I have him. <laughs> let's end things with the young gun, Hayes Dunster. Now it's good that kids mentioned that he was he's going to be a winger because mm. a lot of people were assuming that he might have a crack at Jennings' centre spot, but it looks like he is. 
No doubt they're trying to train him because Fergo's already been told that he's going to be moved on at the end of the year, but that puts pressure on Fergo. We saw what he could do in that semi-final. Can you imagine making your first grade debut in a semi-final at home in front of this, you know, in a season like we just saw? But for me, break-even of only 18 at 246K, if he gets a crack, could be a little bit of a moneymaker. Andy, agree? That's the only thing, if he gets a crack. It'd be injury, deceivo, or mm. purely just outperforming them in training. So if he, if he does get a crack on merit, I'll have a crack. He is, he is a crack, I'll have a crack. Yeah, Corby, <laughs> what do you think will take for Fergo to drop out of the team for Hayes to get in the team? Oh, yeah, I don't know. That's a tough question. I don't think I'm going near him either. It's You're relying on injuries. That's yeah, struggling if you're starting to pick too many of those players. Yeah, but if, if you see Fergo again going, how many rounds was it last year? 17 rounds? <laughs> 17. Yeah, it was 17 at rounds. Once, at what well. stage do you cut him off? Like, is it round 10 if he scored no tries? I don't know, Josh. When did you drop him? <laughs> yeah, round 16. <laughs> no, nah, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not going near him. But yeah, if if he gets injured and you're quick enough on the keyboard to pick him up in draft, um, yeah, he'll be a very good get. Could be a very good get. All right, next up on the show, we've got the Canberra Raiders. We'll be featuring Brett White from their coaching staff as well. But boys, good to catch up. I can't believe we didn't disagree more, but Andy, good analysis tonight, my man. <laughs> Thank you. I think my team's going to be full of para players. Corby, <laughs> we'll catch you next time. Thank you, boys. Catch you next time. All right, guys, we will see you next show.